Onesies, a podcast of one season wonders and blunders. My name is Andrew. My name's Emily. Hi. Hi. And we are talking, hi, are talking about <laughs> when things were rotten. When things were rotten. And they did were you rotten. forget the name of did you forget the name of it? Like a little. A little. Okay. I, wanted, I was gonna make a Robin Hood joke and then I lost it. Oh. Um, but then Robin Hood came along and things weren't rotten anymore, which is the history of the world according to the opening title song. Um, so you had mentioned last week that this episode it was going to be different in some way. And it was it has a writer credit to Pat Proft, who I assume wrote at least some of the police squads we watched. Very... Um, successful comedy writer of the 70s 80s and possibly early 90s and um so i was expecting something from that and then i was somewhat hesitant at the beginning just because of bertram's decorating thing but then they they recycled a joke from the last episode with the banners the family it's like recurring gags, guys, really? I don't know. I mean, is it's it? not even a recurring gag. It's the same joke. <laughs> it was it the same family? Yeah, it was the same people. It might have even okay. been the same shot from last time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they wow. just recycle. It was so well, I did have a reaction shot for them later. Yeah. But um and so then there oh, and it, we also opened with the title scrawl explaining what's gonna be yes. happening this episode. Yes, this is very important. The episode is so yes, when things were rotten, episode two entitled The French Deconnection. Dis- disconnection. Disconnection. So what happens in the episode is um the French ambassador is coming to uh have a meeting with Prince John ostensibly with Prince John. Uh, about the French king putting his support behind Prince John, which would then allow Prince John to keep his brother, the rightful King Richard, away fighting the Crusades in the Holy Land. Prince John, we'll get to it, is a little bit different in this episode. He's a little different, yeah. Little Prince Rupert monkey boy um, going on there. Just a little teenage petulance. It's very... Like young teenage petulance, too, like a... 12, 13 year old teenage boy. Big G energy, yes. Yeah. Uh, But it's at least played by a grown ass man, so it's funny. But, and (laughs) so on. Um, But then, yes, so we have the title scroll, we have the Bertram joke. Um, And so I'm I'm somewhat on edge. I see Maid Marion is going to be very busty, and I'm like, oh man, I forgot about that too. Yep. And then. Sydney Bartholomew Washington Jackson Jefferson Caesar shows up, and the only the thing show. better than Sid Caesar is Sid Caesar playing a Frenchman. <laughs> oh. It was so good. It was so good, so and, good. It, and it made me a little bit more comfortable with the fact that Mel Brooks was no longer like fully attached to the project. He he's credited as a creator, but he's not writing it, presumably. But he's got his old friend Sid in doing goofs and gags with, with a goofy French accent, and it was so good. 
So good. And I think, and what I had sort of forgotten, because I, I had this moment where I was like, wait, is that Sid Caesar? <laughs> and then I didn't, it didn't, because Sid Caesar does not scream 1974 to me, right? Like, fair enough. See, like, that wasn't, I mean, the whole 70s aspect of sort of the popular culture that did not continue on through reruns is somewhat lost in this, right? Like, we we can't think about how big the Dick Cavett show was, right? Like, Did you oh, know he knew Groucho Marx? Did he now? Did he? Are there some clips we can watch of that? So, um... I'll, I'll, you know, I think there's, like, one where he talks about Groucho. I'll dig it up and send it to you. Just that one, though. Just that like, one. He barely mentions it. It's amazing. Um, but yes, yeah, so I had sort of forgotten Sid Caesar was Sid Caesar and I then once it kicked in I was just like oh so this episode is just going to be a delight as long as yeah as long as he's around we're going to be fine yeah and so the episode then is this incredibly stagey like farce about the merry men impersonating various um castle staff yeah as they wait on this state dinner basically it is and they're they're doing their damnedest to make everything go wrong right like they're Mm -hmm. spicing up the soup um which was which was hilarious hilarious because they spiced up sid soup they don't they don't like sabotage the uh sheriff who is sort of in charge of the diplomacy because the king is uh too much of a 12 year old boy yeah and so get to meet uh princess catherine i think um was that her name i don't remember isabel 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 prince john's wife who was probably french in real life and uh was very interested in a a frenchman showing her some attention versus john rifkin um (laughs) so it we get this opening just sort of series of bits with Sid Caesar setting that up, setting up Ron Rifkin being a dipshit, setting up Sid Caesar being a horny Frenchman, and the ladies being at least on board. Isabel being on yeah. board. Yeah. And then we get this um dinner scene. And I think do we get the merry men coming into the castle at some point where they're like no? We don't. We the, okay. They just like cut to it they're in the castle and it's like you go here you go here yeah, i'm that's going this way yeah we like, do have they some just show up thing. yeah they just show up kind of like the fucking kids in dracula the series folks Re- listen back a few episodes um seasons so they little john who was who i referred to last episode as the guy who moves heavy stuff he was delightful in his like two close-ups this episode, so I apologize. Yeah, David yeah. Um, especially because his disguise is a red clown nose, um, which was really silly. So the show manages to retain some of that silliness while still letting Sid, C- you know, giving Sid Caesar a nice spotlight. Yeah. And Robin Hood doesn't actually come back until very close to the end of the episode. First, we get the um, the kitchen scene where Little John and Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck is very happy to have been in the kitchen because there's food there. 
He thanks God for giving for Robin giving him that assignment, which that is definitely what God was working on when the Black Plague was uh, ravaging the world. That's what God had his eye on, Dick Van Patten. Um, <laughs> though that does explain a lot of things about the world, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> there goes you know, the eye of God is just shining the light on Dick Van Patten stereotype. You know whatever uh demographic okay so we get this hilarious scene with sid caesar doing a physical gag where he's spiced out um and then they reveal little john and friar tucker there and they get sent away to prison to the jail cell yeah so like one by one they're getting caught and sent away or in this case two by two but um i totally spaced out i'm sorry continue then i believe we get um do we get so so that's in the introduction so we've got a reverse okay he's being introduced to the court before the dinner and uh there's you know the earl and the duke and duchess of whatever and he's introduced as some german dignitary uh but it's just uh not bertram his brother whose name escapes me but still richard dimitri um with like this weird gray wig and a gray mustache, the fake mustaches were hilarious in this. Um, Ronaldo. He calls Ronaldo. He calls um, the French king uh, sissy. The French king threatens him to a duel. I loved the taking off the glove very slowly and then going to hit him with it, and instead hitting him with his other hand. I loved the bait and switch there. That was really great. Um, and Richard Dimitri is caught, uh, Ronaldo is caught and sent off to prison, which then cues up the, uh, sheriff to be like, oh, what's Ronaldo doing here? Robin Hood must be here. However, that doesn't really go anywhere. They're not looking for Robin Hood. Nope. They're not sending guards around looking for Robin Hood and his, his, his den of thieves. So, but yes, then fast forward to the dinner. Um, the French ambassador is, uh, annoyed that he's got this spicy soup. Um, and he threatens to just leave and go, go to bed. And Alan Adele comes out as the magician to perform some close up magic, which is where we get Maid Marian being a bimbo. It could have been funny. It could have been funny. Her little like, oh, I never do this. <laughs> but it was so like, so broad. It really shows you how um, singular you can't just, Madeline you can, and Terry Gar are. Like you can't just cast a pretty, pretty woman to do actual good comedy. comedy. Yeah. yeah, you um, have to cast a comedian, a, a talented comedian, to do it. Yes. Um, but so they do a magic trick because Ma- he puts Maid Marian into a box, and he's going to do some disappearing stuff. Um, Asks for another volunteer, and the Frenchman is very thrilled to be locked in a box with Maid Marian in her sexy little 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 magic assistant costume. He brings wine and bread with him because you know they're he, gonna be working up an appetite. He brings wine and bread with him, goes into the box, uh Alan Adele lights a fuse on the side of the box. Maid Marian comes out from behind <clears throat> like a curtain 
with a glass of wine, which I thought was was kind of funny that she now has the glass of wine. Um, and the box blows up. The French ambassador is upset and he's like, that's it. I'm done. I'm leaving. You guys are a bunch of imbeciles. I can't do this anymore. Then the sheriff and uh, I can't keep Richard Dimitri's character's name straight. Bertram. Bertram. They kind of spice up his his life a little bit by saying, you know, the king is going to be awfully upset. He really had his mindset on this treaty. And there's references to the guillotine, which in 1197 didn't exist. There's reference, you know, also that French flag was not the French flag in 1197, whatever. Don't expect Mel Brooks to be historically accurate, I guess is what we're saying. Um, (laughs) And uh, convince him to sign the treaty. Signs the treaty. Prince John is like, I'll sign it in the morning because he's a ding dong dummy. And he even says to his wife and somebody else, I love being the prince because I can make him sweat. So he's, you know, doing that 12-year-old boy dick measuring contest thing. He is also pissed off because he's noticed his wife is very interested in the French ambassador. Yes. Yes. He he does not. Oh, yes. The box box, um, blows up and she runs out of her chair. She's like, oh, my poor baby. To rescue him. Yeah. Even even though he's already blowed up. Um, So they all go their separate ways. Ron Rifkin has to drag his wife away from the Frenchman to bed. Um, This is where we get another glimpse of Robin Hood. He's waiting in the hallway, watching things play out. Prince John and... They catch Alan. Did we mention they caught Alan Adele? No, I guess we didn't. Okay, so Alan Adele has also been caught and locked up. Marion has not been locked up, despite being the obvious accomplice. Obvious. Yes, I don't think anybody knows. That was going to be one of my one of my points I was going to talk about is seemingly nobody knows that she's involved with Robin Hood except for Robin Hood. And his merry men. And his merry men. Um, so in the hallway, Robin Hood and Maid Marian are watching as Prince John and Isabel go into their bedroom and Isabel sort of making eyes at the Frenchman whose bedroom just happens to be right across the hallway, of course. Um, and there's a little squabble, squabble, squabble. The Frenchman goes into his room. Prince John and Isabel go into their room. And there's this, another person, and I don't know who this person is, dressed up like a servant, also in a bad wig and a mustache, in the Frenchman's quarters. That, I believe, is Robin Hood. Was it? I watched it yes. twice. I didn't. He's the old man. Yes, it's when he's the old okay. man. He's playing okay. old man. It's very hard to tell because it's so bad. Yes. The, the makeup is so bad. Yeah. So he is in the room and he's planting seeds about Maid Marian coming to visit. Oh, this was a brilliant Sid Caesar moment. So I suppose you don't want this letter from Maid Marian. And he grabs the letter and I, it's a sight gag. So you have to watch the episode. It is available on YouTube, whatever, um, where he's, looking over the top of the letter, but his eyes are moving as if he's reading the letter. And then he's turning the letter around like it's uh, written in a spiral or something. It was so silly and so funny. Yeah. He's reading it in French or fake French. (laughs) 
It was so good. Um, so that establishes that Maid Marian is going to come and uh, give him some company at night in his bed, which I think is gross that Robin Hood is using his girlfriend in that way, putting her in dangerous situations, whatever. It's just a TV show, Andrew. Um, then what happens? I've been talking a lot this one. <laughs> then, um, let's see. So once Maid Marian arrives, Robin tells her he's got she's got to stall him, which leads mm. to this bit where right. the French ambassador opens his suitcase and it is full of bottles of wine. And he pours her, he starts to pour her a glass That's of right. wine and says, I'll tell you when. We then cut to like the Princess Isabel getting ready for bed and Ron Rifkin whining she's not there already. But um, Robin Hood sticks his hand through the dressing table to give her a note from the ambassador saying, come on over, let's get um, horizontal en français. Ooh. Um, oui, oui. So then... Um, as she's getting ready, he goes over to wake up Ron Rifkin by doing a, the hand bit again. So at this point in the episode, our leading man has been in disguise. He's been absent most of the episode, or he's been in a weird disguise, or he's been doing hand sign language um, and not on screen while his hand is doing it. So yeah. Ron Rifkin is going to stop her, but the hand tells him to wait until he can catch her in the act. We have been intercutting with the um, ambassador and Maid Marion, where she has ref- not yet said when, and he has continued to pour wine, bottle of wine after bottle of wine after bottle of wine, which has and it's spilling him. out on. Oh, Everywhere. it was so funny! It's absurd uh, and it's wonderful, and it was great. It makes me very sad that it's been thirty. Four years since I was even occasionally seeing Sid Caesar. Yeah. Gets. Like, um, if Rob Reiner, who I actually have a funny bit about, um, if uh, Rob Reiner had really wanted to do something, he could have tried to, you know, showcase your show shows or something. Um, yeah. But back, we're referring to another one of our seasons, folks, uh, when we watched Morton and Hayes. Which was terrible. Dracula was fun and stupid. Morton and Hayes was neither of those things. The the only thing that was good was that one female guest star. Who was yes, that? Penelope. That was Penelope Ann Miller. Yes. Penelope Ann Miller. She yep, was Mrs. so good. Rudy Giuliani. Um, oh. It not in real life. She played it her in the movie. Oh, okay. With James Woods. So problems, oh. but I mean, who knows? Who knows? But yes, very funny actress. Um, but yes, yeah, so the Rob Reiner story is I saw on Mastodon, you know, one of my 57 social networks that I have to check on the regular. Somebody was talking about like, lit, you know, like shading Rob Reiner because Rob Reiner's got a lot to say about politics right now. Um, thinking he is very, a very influential figure. I'm not sure who he thinks he's an influential figure with, <laughs> but this person said, your abduction this this guy's like there's this guy 
Uh, he's, you know, he described him in some way that was very obvious that it was Rob Reiner he was talking about and was like, I used to have to talk to talent. I used to talk to this guy. And everybody was like, he's fucking crazy. It reminds me of when I think Gabby Hoffman was like, calm down, Marana Sirtis. This is why nobody wants to ride in the car at, with you after the convention. Wow. Um, yeah. So <laughs> celebrities are people too. Uh, celebrities are people too, Emily. So um, then, so they switch out the ladies uh, with a blindfold gag. Yes. Um, Sid Caesar does not care particularly that the ladies have been replaced because we've already established earlier he was tasting the two of them and they foreshadow were foreshadowing. Yes. 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 That was in. so gross and so funny. <laughs> Just that's how you that's how you, you you act chivalrous to the to the ladies, boys. You just kiss and taste their little hands to see uh, you know how the dove tastes. So oh. That's not a euphemism. I'm referring to the bar soap. So then we move on to uh, the king coming in and seeing um, his wife, the ambassador. Yes. And so does the ambassador end up in the stockades too? Who ends up in the stockades? Alan Adale is there. Alan Adale is there. He's the one. He's actually like hanging in the chains. Yeah. About to get whipped when the guy comes down. Yes. Are we out of order here? Does Rob Robin saves them before they fuck things up with the ambassador, I believe. I don't remember. I think we might be out of order. This is why we should take notes, folks. But um, I took notes, but I didn't take notes of the plot because it was so simple. I was also going to say... we're still recovering from um, going to extremes, breaking our souls. So uh, maybe after Doctor Who starts again, we'll see. We'll see how we do. But um, yes. Yeah, so speaking of Robin Hood, the actor playing Robin Hood, not really having much on-screen presence. When yes. the Merry Men are going to be uh, attacked or going to be flogged, which is a lengthy sequence uh, with some comedy bits and some action bits. Some action comedy bits, including the guys whining to let them out of the jail cell, which is funny. And it's very cartoonish, which had me thinking, didn't the cartoon come out in 73? Oh, did it? Yeah. I'm not sure. It I'm reminded sure me of, uh, like, Pirates the Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride at Disney. That's what it reminded me of, like, hanging out of the jail cell. They weren't actually, like, trying to feed the dog something to get the keys from the dog, but it would it did seem very cartoonish and very uh, weird. And there's a, another guy who's in the socks who is uncredited. I don't know who he is, but he was really funny. Who's, like, doing commentary, kind of? Yes, yes. Dale, but it's that Sports other Sports commentary, yes. Looked so familiar. Could not put my finger on who it was. Should have had my husband watch it with me. Do you think there exists a technology with which you could glean this information? Glean it? Glean it. I mean, there's the internet, but IMDb did IMDb did not have a very good um That's what I was IMDb does not. Unless it, unless it's this no. What the fuck? There's some lady credited like Wow. Steve Landsberg isn't Bernie Copel. Wow. Mind blown. Wait, you thought that was the same person? I thought it was the same person. Huh. Yeah. 
I have been confused how Bernie Copel had time to do the love boat at the same time as Barney Miller, <laughs> but I don't anymore because they're different human beings. <laughs> cool. Um, okay. So yes, but when we Ron- this up on the podcast. Yeah. There you go, everybody. Um, so Robin saves his merry men by showing up as the premier flogger in Europe or in England. The lashing. Something. I don't. Yeah, he looks a, a fucking name. Zorro looking motherfucker. It's a Zorro. He, he yeah. dresses as Zorro. It's like yeah. they, something went wrong with the bit. Somebody was like, actually, Zorro's copywritten. But um, yeah, so he Robin, the guy playing Robin Hood, then spends a scene as Zorro, basically. Yeah, where he will uh, free his men and uh, lock up Bertram and the sheriff, and have time to go up and save um, Maid Marian, and then they escape, and the French ambassador and the Prince John have no interest in having this treaty. It is off. Because it the is ambassador off. tried to slip the salami to Isabel, which she was enthusiastically consensual about because it was Sidney Bartholomew Caesar, after all. You know, a polyamorous relationship has to be mutually consensual. So, you know, if Ron Rifkin is not confident enough, true. that true. then, you know, it's just, it's not for everybody. Um, so we then cut to the most inexplicable scene in the fucking episode. <laughs> the merry men having breakfast with the French ambassador before he leaves town. Yeah. Was there and another, there wasn't another Dick Van Patten get, gag in that scene? I don't think so. I think I, it, I don't know why it was there. <laughs> it ends with the French ambassador getting in his chariot and saying, or his carriage and saying, take me to Paris town or something? Nope, downtown France. Downtown France. The uh, carriage driver hits the horses. They take off, disconnected from the carriage, and the French ambassador waves as though he is moving, but is not. And, and he sticks it. his head out the window. Sticks his head out the window okay, and yeah. says, "Who do I? Who do I have to talk to to leave England?" Like it was so silly. There are a lot of jokes about how much England sucks, like very, especially since no one in the cast is English. Uh, so, I mean, I, it was fucking great. I can't, I don't want to look ahead to see our future guest stars, but. Uh, oh, I saw one when I was looking. It was something. It was something. But um, yes, <laughs> this is setting a high bar. Yes. Um, so next episode, I'm pulling it up. Do, 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 do. I love the theme song still. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about the theme song. Where in the fuck do I find the episode? There we go. Right at the top. Next episode is episode three. It's called The House Band. Um, ooh, this could be fun. The sheriff recruits a band of evil lookalikes to impersonate Robin Hood and his band to discredit them with the peasants and the, while the real Robin and his men are on vacation. That's fun. That is fun. I wonder if they'll be played by the same actors. I wonder. 
Let's see. Uh, any special guest stars? None that I can see in this episode. A guy who's uncredited who looks familiar, but uh, I've never seen in anything except for maybe High Anxiety, the the uh, Mel Brooks movie. So yeah, yeah. Thank you all. For, thank you all for listening. I, mean, it, I know there's not much more to say. We're stuck with a good show again. Like, what the fuck oh. are we gonna do? Oh my god, you did such a good job. I'll have to make you suffer next. For nothing but knowing Dick Van Patten was in it. And being like, oh, it's weird. It's 13 episodes. It can't be bad. That didn't know it was on ABC at the time, for fuck's sake. Like, just running straight into the crosshairs with that. Like, um, yeah. So thank you for listening. Um, Join us next week when we discuss episode three of When Things Are Rotten, the house band. Andrew, I will see you in television land. You're in television land, I mean. Things were bad and that ain't good. Then they rotten good. Ba-ba. Soon the band of merry men begotten. They wore out the made of plain green cotton. Helping victims was their business. Boy, oh boy, was business good. They jumped a lot of fences. They robbed the rich, get you the poor. Excess, but they kept more expenses. So when other legends are forgotten, we'll remember back when things were rotten. Legends are forgotten We'll remember back when things were rotten